Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. Amen. So these are six uh, experiences that I want to talk about. The first one uh, was called Repentance from Dead Works. We all know that uh, you just can't come down to the altar and say a little sweet little prayer and then all of a sudden you're supposed to be saved. You have to repent of your sins. You have to be sorry for what you have done. You have to be sorry for your sins. You have to be sorry for being so self-righteous. You have to be sorry for being so selfish. You have to be sorry for being so arrogant and prideful. If you're not sorry, you come down here and say a little prayer, you didn't get saved. You got to repent. That's the first fundamental experience that we have as Christians. All of us should come right here because when you come here, you come to the foot of the cross. Right. right here, you have to make a decision. Jesus died all the way, not half of the way. He said it is finished. He gave up the ghost all the way, so we have to die all the way too. Amen, somebody. Genuine repentance is an outward manifestation of an inward work. The Holy Ghost works on the inside to where there's a manifestation on the outside. What does that mean? Well, the Holy Ghost should be doing some things on the inside of you that you're outside, the way you speak, the people you hang around, the things that you do, how you think about stuff. Man, everything should change because there should be an inward work of the Holy Ghost that's an outward manifestation of what's happening. That's why when people come around, they say, you don't talk the same way. You don't drink like you used to. You don't smoke with us anymore. You don't smoke weed anymore. What's wrong with you, John? You used to go hanging out. You used to drink us under the table. But now you won't even take a drink. What's wrong with you? The Holy Ghost got a hold of me. I got five baptized. That's what happened to me. So I don't need the liquor bottle anymore. Now I got Jesus. Am I talking to the right church this morning? The next one was faith towards God, because once you repent, now you got to turn towards him. you got to turn to him because he is the sustainer. He is the creator. He is the father. He's the one that's going to give you everything that you need. That's why he said, cast your cares on me. Why? Because if you cast your cares on other people, yourself, you're going to always fail. So now your faith is towards God. And once we understand that Jesus is the visible expression of an invisible God and we come to realize that without the propitiatory work of the cross, we are completely void of purpose, power and perspective. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross so that we don't have to die in the flesh today. Right. He wants us to be saved. He don't want us to die and go to hell. As a matter of fact, nobody is going to go to hell because of God. No, you, people are going to go to hell because they made a decision to go there. Yeah, but the people who reject God's love are going to go to hell. For the Bible says that, that, that God is not slack, as some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering toward them who believe, not, that, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's not willing that any should perish. He wants all of us to repent. He wants all of us in heaven, but he's not going to make you come. You're going to have to decide to come. Come on, somebody. Your mama can't make you come. Your preachers can't make you come. Can't nobody make you come to God. Can't no preacher make you come to God. I can't make you do anything you don't want to do. All I can do is set it out there, give you the lifeline. You got to be the one to grab it. It would be as, as, uh, as if uh, Kim was just on a cruise. How many of you been on a cruise? You know that's a lot of water. And you can't drink all that. You fall over, that's a lot of water. What if you fell over? And God throws out a lifeline to you. And he said, grab the lifeline because I want to save you. But after I save you, 
you're going to have to change. And you say, you know what, God? I'm, I'm going to just stay out here. And the boat is still moving. I'm telling you right now, somebody in this house right now, the boat is moving. There was a time when God said, my, my spirit shall not strive with man always. And if you read the book of Romans, you'll see that God gave some people up because they kept doing what they wanted to do, even though what they were doing was wrong and they knew it. Don't nobody do stuff wrong and you don't know it. Everybody in here, let me tell you something. Let me just be open and blatantly honest right here, right now. Every sin I did, I liked it. I said, how y'all looking at me all holy? I said, y'all looking at me all holy now. I mean, you see, you see, you see how they're looking at me? You, you can't see their faces, but the way they're looking at me, like, I can't believe you sinned. <laughs> you name one sin that you didn't like. I guarantee you, you can't, you can't pick one. That's why you kept doing it. I kept doing it because I liked it. It was enjoyable. And it was enjoyable, right? My flesh loved it. But when I got saved, when I repented of my sins and I got saved, there was something else in me said, hey, John, you can't be doing that anymore. Now, listen, I can listen to that voice or not. Because now that you got the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not going to make you do anything. You're going to have to yield to him. You're going to have to have faith towards God in order to do it. Then we talked about the doctrine of baptism. Notice it's plural. Because there's three types of baptisms. The first baptism, when you got saved, you're baptized into the body of Christ. The next baptism is over there. We just did a baptism in water. But then there's also being baptized by Jesus Christ into the Holy Ghost. That's where you have a different experience. And some people talk about glossolalia, which is speaking in tongues, which is actually in the Bible. And it's for all Christians, if you want to do that, up to you. I'm not, I don't have time to go into that. You can listen to the podcast. Then laying on of hands, we uh, did that one. That, that is not a, just a Pentecostal thing. The Bible speaks of laying on of hands uh, all the time. When the Bible says lay hands suddenly on no man, what he was speaking about then is making sure you don't put leaders in place that don't need to be there. Because I don't lay my hands on everybody. Right? I, I have to make sure God wants me to lay hands. When I call those two men up, I struggle with that. I had to make sure God wanted me to lay hands on these men. Right? I'm just not going to lay hands on people. Let me just say this, y'all. You, don't be going everywhere for people to lay hands on you. Y'all better be careful about this laying on the hand stuff. You don't know where these people hands been. You know what I'm saying? Be careful. Make, make sure you know that's why it's important to be a part of a local church with somebody that got some integrity in, about their lives. See, you, a lot of you been watching me and laying for years. Right? You know I'm, I'm madly in love with her, and I ain't playing about it. You come to my house, and you can see that. Right? And it's not something we turn on for the cameras. Oh, no, no. We're in love for real. And see, the thing about it, we was in love before every one of y'all came to this church. And we'll be in love if every one of y'all leave. Guess what? Because we started it together and we ended up together. Right? So we're not trying to fake in front in front of anybody. What we got at home is serious and it's good. It's awesome. I enjoy. She's my best friend. I love being married. So we do a lot of stuff together. Caitlin is always right there with us, too. So she can, she can testify how good we got it at home. Amen? So listen, you got to be around some integrity. That's what's missing from a lot of pulpits today is a lack of integrity and character. Right? So we need to start looking at that rather than looking at a bunch of anointing. Amen? Because that anointing is going to be just, just not going to be sufficient if the person is not living right. Amen? 
And so resurrection of the dead. This is the part that I wanted to get to today because this is where I want to transition into because this is the, uh, the experience uh, that I want to talk about today. Now, let me just say this. Throughout my short time of pastoring, I have learned that there is, there is a lot of sifting that takes place before the shifting. Each point in my life, no matter how God elevates me, he sifted me from something that I thought I needed before he shifted me into something else. So God has always taken us from something to something. Uh, am I making sense here? As a church, a lot of times a church can't go to the next level unless there is a level of sifting that takes place in the church because everybody is not ready to, to go. Right? So the Bible says they came out from us that it might be made manifest that they were not of us. So if they were of us, no doubt they would have continued with us. Everybody that start with you won't finish with you. And so we can't just beg people to stay if they were meant to go. Amen, somebody. There are some people in your life right now that you probably need to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so y'all, I got to give you some Bible now, right? We see this with the children of Israel. The old generation had to be sifted before God can shift them into the land filled with milk and honey. The whole generation was wiped out because of unbelief, rejection of God. And he had to sift the whole generation, and then through Joshua, Joshua shifted into the promised land because now they were ready to do what God had promised them in the first place. Let me tell you something. Just because God gave you a promise don't mean you're going to fulfill it. There are some things that on your behalf that you're going to have to do. You're going to have to maintain yourself, yourself in a righteous way. You're going to have to live a holy life. Ain't nobody going to make you do that, saints of God, but God's principles are based on righteousness and holiness. He's a holy God. He's not a fair God. He's a holy God. He don't have to be fair. He's holy. And he said, you be holy because I am holy. Anybody got this with me here? And we also see this with Gideon. Gideon had 32,000 troops to go up against the Midianites. Guess what God did? God sifted him down to 300 yeah. troops so he can shift them into winning the war against yeah. the Midianites. There's a, there's a sifting that takes place. There's, I'm trying to get somebody to hear this with me because maybe God is trying to sift you from some things, yeah. from some people, from some places. And the reason he can't shift you into your next level is because you keep holding on to right now. We see this with Jesus. Judas had to be sifted prior to the shifting of Pentecost. Because Judas' heart wasn't there. Come on, somebody. Don't you know the devil, he tried all of the disciples? Judas was the only one that was money hungry enough to go back and say, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll show you who he is. He, was, he, was, he wanted to be used. He made a decision to be used by the enemy. We make a decision to be used by the enemy, saints of God. Every day we're making decisions. We're making choices every day. Every day we can make a choice to do right. We can make a choice to do wrong. God is not going to make you do right. You have to make a choice to do right. And most of the time to do right is always harder. 
I don't know why it's that way, but usually to do right is usually harder because you see everybody else around you want to do wrong. And then they look at you like something is wrong with you because you want to live right. You want to live for God. You want to go to church. You want to read your Bible. Why are you reading your Bible? Why you don't? (laughs) I'm reading it because otherwise I might have to slap you one day. Each time in in this ministry, God had to sift us. And when we moved into this building, there was a level of sifting that took place when we moved into this building, didn't it? Didn't it? Right? And we was like, what the heck happened? Well, God had to teach us everybody can't go. What I'm trying to say to you is this, thanks to God. I hope you're ready to go. I hope you're not part of that sifting. But if you are, praise God. Let me tell you why there have to be a sifting. I don't have this on my PowerPoint because God gave me everything I'm getting ready to share with you right now. God gave me this morning. And I'm probably not going to even share anything else off of this PowerPoint. Is that all right? Because this is hot off the press. (laughs) It's straight downloaded. Let me tell you why. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's go through this Bible a little bit. Everybody still with me here this morning? If, If I start screaming, I apologize. I do get a little loud at times. I'm sorry. I just get excited. Uh, Amen. I'm on fire up here. I ain't lying. I just, when the fire of God is on you, you tend to get a little elevated. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 1. I love you for sure. Just don't take my loudness to be a mad. I'm not mad at all. I love you. I'm one of the happiest brothers it is. I'm, I'm excited to be saved, to be living right now. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 10. So I have, this, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to do something. Somebody said to do something. So before we get into that rooting out part, we got to stay right here with the first part because God set Jeremiah in place to do something. Now, Jeremiah was the prophetic voice uh, to the kingdom of Judah at this particular time. Um, and as a prophetic voice, Jeremiah was one who was sent. Uh, If you look up the word apostle, apostle, apollos, uh, uh, is the word uh, to send. He sent you out. So Jeremiah was a type of an apostle who was sent to send the word to a group of people. Now, at this particular time, they were in captivity. The reason they were in captivity, not because they were good. They were in captivity because they rejected God's love. They were in captivity because they had a stiff neck. They were in captivity because they didn't love like they were supposed to. They were in captivity because they didn't forgive like they were supposed to. They were in captivity because they didn't live a holy and a righteous life. So they weren't in captivity just because God wanted to bring something on them. Multiple, multiple, multiple times God sent them prophets and said, listen, something is going to come if you don't get it right. That something has already hit the church. This is why churches don't even know what to believe. There's a lot of gray areas in churches when there is no gray in the word of God. Man grays it out because when you become a man-centered church, then your worship becomes man-centered. It's all about me and my stuff and what God can do for me. Give me my house. Give me my new Cadillac. Well, that ain't God. God don't care nothing about you having a Cadillac or a house. God wants your soul. 
The Bible says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. He wants you to have prosperity on the inside so you'll know how to handle prosperity on the outside. If you don't know how to prosper on the inside, you can get the check and then you're going to blow the check in a few years because you didn't even know how to handle it. Your mindset didn't change. That's why you can take people out of the ghetto. You can give them a check, but if they have a ghetto mentality, they're going to spend all the check because they never change how they think. I know I'm not talking about anybody in here, but you might know somebody that I'm talking about, right? Amen? And so you're going to have to change that mentality. That's why God is trying to change us on the inside so that there would be a manifestation on the outside. Does that make sense at all? And so he said, he set him. I came to tell somebody in here today that God has set you right now for this generation. You don't think that just you were born out of, out of order. You were born just for now. He set you here for now to do something. You got to do something. You can't sit back and say, somebody ought to do something. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. You can't sit back and say, somebody. No, that, that, I, I did that for many, many years. I said, boy, somebody need to do something. And God said, I want you to start a church. I said, somebody need to do something, God. I said, I want you to pastor a church. Lord, somebody need to do something. John, I want you to be a pastor. Lord, listen, you're going to have to raise somebody up. I had to put that voice, get the hints. <laughs> no, that ain't, that ain't for me. Why? I didn't grow up in the right circles. I didn't come up through denominational ranks. And I'm like, well, who am I going to be a pastor, Lord? Oh, no, no, that ain't, that ain't for me. That's for them folks that know how to hoop and, and can do all that stuff, and, and they ended all of that stuff, God. I'm, I'm a corporate guy. I work. I'm a marketplace guy, right? So what am I doing pastoring the church? I like being in the marketplace pastoring. He said, you can do both. I said, Lord, that ain't going to work because my wife don't want me to be a pastor. See how I threw it on her. <laughs> I said, you that'll never happen because my wife don't want me to be a pastor. So he touched her heart. And I was like, man, I ain't had nowhere to go then. So I had to go ahead and listen. See, a lot of times when God tells you to do something, it's something you really don't want to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right? When folks come up in here and give all these titles and stuff, oh, I'm prophetess this and I'm prophetess that. You know, I don't care nothing about that title. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, it, you know, uh-uh. No, no, no. It, it, those titles don't make you. You make the title. Right? What I want to know is, are you nice? Can people get along with you? Can you make friends with somebody in the church? You've been in the church for 20 years and don't, don't have a friend anywhere. Not one friend in the church. You've been there 15, 20 years, and you don't have one friend in the church. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that church. It's you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Somebody ought to be your friend. Somebody. If you say you have the love of God, yeah. and then something is wrong. See, I like talking about the stuff that people don't want to talk about. I got friends in this. I got a lot of friends in this church. I love it. Why? Because I'm a friend to them. I'm a friend to you. You can come call me up. John, what's up? I ain't going to be like, I'm apostle. You need to call me pastor. Then when you call me pastor, we can talk. What kind of nonsense is that? My mama called me John. I'm all right with it. Why? Because we're supposed to be brothers and sisters in the Lord, right? That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I call all you brothers. If Jesus is okay with it, then I think we should be okay with it with the robe on.
But you're set, not just the people that's in these pulpits. You're set to do something. God has called you to do something. You are unique. You are special. God has an anointing on your life. It doesn't matter your age. God has called you to do something incredible in your life. That's why I like these young people to be here, because you need to know how bad you are in God. So God is raising us up. He's raising up an army, and they're of all ages. But he set you here to do something. Here's the word. Here's that apostolic word right here, to do something. That strong word comes to root out. You see the next verses here? To root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down. But these are some, these are some God words right here. I like these words right here. How many of you guys used to fight in school? Come on, y'all better. Don't lie. Don't lie. How many of y'all used to fight in school? How many of y'all fight right now? Oh, okay. <laughs> Jatana says, shoot, I'll, I'll scrap with her brother. <laughs> Jatana fight, fight for a brother. I ain't lying. I, I like Jatana. She'll take up for you. Amen. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. I like, I, I'm glad that girl is in my, I'm glad I'm not her enemy. Amen, right, Tim? We know what she can do. Amen? And so, so I'm glad she's on my side. That's my girl. That's my ace right there. Praise the Lord. So the first thing was root out. Did y'all see that? Root out? Root out. Somebody said root out. And in Luke chapter 3, verse 9, Jesus talked about laying an axe to the roots. He had to root it out. So in other words, there are some things that has to be cut off of your life so God can sift that thing from your life so he can shift you into your next level. And acts have to go to the root. Now, you know, I don't know how many of you guys like getting in the yard. I get in the yard sometimes. I, I pay a guy, but sometimes we get in the yard. And you know when <laughs> I do. I got a guy. Amen. I ain't got, it's hot. Time to be pushing along more, man. It's too hot. I did that at a young age, but I'm too old. I got me them passed out, and they ain't find me out there just <laughs> cooking. He was like, what is that? I smell bacon. That daddy out there cooking. He fell out. And so it's hot. Amen. So, but if you ever have opportunity to go out, you know, and you have to pull up some weeds, some of those weeds don't just come up, do they? Why? Why don't they just pull up? Because their roots are deep, right? So, so sometimes you got to dig deep to get the roots out. See, some stuff that we're in right now is on the surface. But there are other things that we've been dealing with for years that we have to lay our axe to the roots. Now, I say that because you got to have a strong, anointed, apostolic word to get down into your spirit to lay our axe to the root. That's not going to happen on some little, little quiet, candy-coated message. Because the candy is just for the surface. It's for your emotions. Right? I'm not here to emotionally tantalize anybody here. But I do want the word of God to sink deep into your spirit to where there might be some things that God have to sift off of your life because I want to see you shift into your next level. I don't want anything to say, well, oh, my God, I, I, I kept going to church, but I don't know what it is. I bet you you do know. You do know what it is. And so we got to lay an axe to the root. There are roots that must be dealt with and repented of. We have roots of brokenness, roots of rebellion, roots of anger, roots of lying, 
We got roots of sex outside of marriage. Yeah, I said it. The Bible calls it fornication. I talk about it. We have roots of selfishness, disobedience, unholy living, unbelief, passionless praise, and wimpy worship. It's just passionless. Man, when you're in the house of God, you should have some kind of passion about you. But hasn't God done something in your life? I mean, come on, somebody. Yeah, you might not have the money that you wish you had or the house you wish you could live in or the car you wish you could drive. But, boy, you better thank God for his spirit. The Bible says, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Even if you don't have anything to bless him for, bless him because you woke up this morning. Oh, I got a lot to be thankful for. I got a lot. I praise God. I, pray, I, I can't praise God enough for what he's done in my life. Man, for my life, for my, for my, for my family, for my wife. Man, for my job. I, I got a job I love. I mean, come on, saints of God. Yeah, oh, yeah, I work. I don't, I'm not a full-time pastor like some people think, but I am a full-time pastor, thank you. <laughs> Amen. And I'm like Paul. I'm a tent maker. I just make tents in a different way. <laughs> I lock people up. So, so, and so this, this, that's what I enjoy doing it, but God has given us the grace to do it. Amen. And so, but there was a root, there was some roots inside of me that God had to lay the ax to so he could shift me into being a pastor. Yeah. Amen. Amen, somebody. Amen. Somebody say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. raise me up raise by taking an ax to my roots. Yeah. See, let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't raise anything that's not dead. <laughs> Jesus had to die so the Holy Ghost could raise him up. We had to die so the Holy Spirit could raise us up. Where did we die? We died right there at that cross. Why? We died to this flesh. In repentance, you die to the flesh. Once you die to the flesh, then he can bring newness of life. Then that's the resurrection of the dead. Why? He's resurrecting those dead things from your past life. That's what, that's what the resurrection, this is, an ex, this is an experience that we all must walk in, that God, I pray to God, God, raise up those things in my life that you had to raise up, that I had to give to you. Now raise me up those dead things I had to get away from. Raise me up now to newness of life, God. So that should be your prayer, God, that every dead area in my life that I had to give over to you, raise me up to newness of life now. Root it out, God. Somebody said root it out. So the next one was uh, to, to, to pull down. Somebody said pull it down. Come on, come on, somebody. They said uh, to be broken down uh, is that word, to pull down, to be broken down, to be broken. Sometimes God has to break us. Sometimes we've been so arrogant and selfish that God has to break us down. And I'm sorry, saints of God, sometimes he has to break us down by taking stuff away from us. And especially the stuff that we think we need. Oh, I can't live without him. No, that brother was destroying you. Oh, yeah, see? See how quiet he got? Mm -hmm. Oh, he loves me. Oh, that's why he put his hands on you, huh? That ain't love, honey. No, no, he's trying to convince you that you can't find anybody else. Love gives you a ring. Lust gives you a condom. Ooh, it's quiet up in this Presbyterian church this morning. Ooh, it must be this morning. 
They walked up in here, forgot who was preaching today. Y'all know I ain't scared of none of y'all. I'm telling y'all the truth. Young ladies need to hear this from the preachers. Y'all need to hear, man, there is a difference. There's a difference between love and lust. All right. All right, so he says some stuff we got to pull down. Uh, the Bible says, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't wrestle in the flesh. Amen. And so we, we know that we, this is a spiritual battle. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to what? The pulling down. The pulling down. He said you got to pull it down. The pulling down of strongholds and taking captive every imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, taking it captive. Oh, goodness gracious. So that means, saints of God, there are some things you're going to have to do. See, your imagination, how you think, man, will determine where you go. How you think will determine where you go. Say that with me. How I think will determine where I go. That's why Apostle Paul says your mind must be renewed because the way you think will determine the way you go. This is why you got to be careful who you listen to. Because you'll start listening to people that's taking you down the wrong road. Right? That's why peer pressure is so, so tough. That's why Paul says that, you know, corrupt company, I mean, uh, evil company will corrupt good morals. Right? Because it's the peers. It's the people who you are around. So the people who you are around, you, there's certain conversations that go on with people that you are comfortable with. Some of those conversations are not good. And if you say, you know what, I don't even want to hear that. That's when they get mad at you. Just let them get mad. Because you got to protect the spirit in you. you got to protect your mindset. Right? Because the more and more you hear it, faith comes by. Faith comes by. Faith comes by, the more and more you hear it, the more and more you have faith in it. That's right. And so sometimes you got to pull that stuff down in your life. Pull those imaginations down. Take those things captive. How do you do that? Man, every moment you get, you're going to have to plead the blood of Jesus over it. You're going to have to say, Lord, I, I saw that, but I take that thing captive right now by the blood of Jesus Christ, and I declare that I got the mind of Christ. I am not going to think on those bad things. I'm going to think on good things. Yeah. I am wonderfully and fearfully made yeah. by God. Yeah. I know that, that the enemies that come after me one way shall flee seven yeah. ways. Yeah. I know that I can go in and find yeah. green pastures. Yeah. I know that the weapon might be formed, but it yeah. shall not prosper. Yeah. I know yeah. these things about me because you spoke these things about me. And so, God, I don't, I don't focus on the negative. I'm going to focus on those things that you declare in your word. So I'm taking every thought captive right now in the name of Jesus. That's how you take it captive, guys. You got to change what you're saying because when you speak it, you develop more faith in it. Amen. Amen. Put the word on it, right, Elder? Amen. And so some of these things, they have to be pulled down, right? So we got to root it out. We got to pull it down. And then here it is, to destroy. That's right. See, uh, 1 John 3 and 8 said Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. See, those works of the devil, if you read the verse before that, is sin. He came to destroy sin in our lives because he does not want us sinning anymore. Right. Isn't it amazing that he wants to destroy something that we want to walk in after we get saved? And he came to destroy it. So the word comes to help 
to identify what's going on in your life so that you can destroy it by repenting of it. Amen, amen, anyhow. Right? He wants to destroy all that stuff, guys. He wants to destroy those things in your life that's destroying you. Because that's what sin does. Sin is like leprosy. Leprosy was not something that started off big. Leprosy was something that started off very, very small. And it began to grow. And then people with leprosy would lose an ear or a nose. And, and they, they, had a, they had a very foul smell, the people with leprosy. And so what leprosy does to the flesh is what sin does to your spirit. Your spirit is falling apart and foul. Just like leprosy is on the outside, saints of God. And that's what the enemy does. He wants you to just, he wants you to compromise just a little. Yep. Go ahead. Y'all love each other. You might as don't even wait for marriage. Go ahead and, you know, test it out. Drive it around. That's what they, they tell me. Well, Pastor, um, I think that um, we probably need to live together first so that we can see if we want to be married. <laughs> Going to cohabitate. That's what they call it. But in Alabama, they call it shacking. I don't know what y'all call it in your hometown, but in my hometown, they call it shacking. I, 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 that means you, you live together and you're not married. Okay, that's the politically correct way to say it, right? <laughs> but a lot of people, they live together first and they still can't stay married. Right? But that's not God's way. That's man's way. Man is trying to tell you how to do marriage. This is how you're supposed to treat a woman. Well, no, the Bible tells me that the way Christ treats me is the way I should treat a woman. Mm-hmm. Amen. Anyway, somebody. That's right, brothers. Well, the Bible said that a woman should be submitted to the man. <laughs> yeah, bro. Only if you're submitted to God, right? If you don't know anything about God, then why should that woman be submitted to you? Amen. Anyway. Yeah, you're supposed to be submitted to me. Well, where are you taking that woman in the next five years? Where y'all going? Is she closer to Jesus than she was when you first met her? <laughs> what are young, what are young ladies in here to say? Hey, young ladies, that's in that dating mode right now. What, how many we got? We got one, two, we got three. Uh, don't don't be scared. Come on, raise it up high. It's all right. How many? How many? Uh, you young? Come on. So I got about four ladies. So I'm only talking to four of you. So four ladies in here. I hope you're saved. If you are saved, you have a different criteria. One of the things I teach is this. If you want to know if a guy really knows the Lord, <laughs> we stream it live. I don't even know if I want to say this. That's all right. They need to hear it. So <laughs> just going to church don't mean you saved, by the way. Y'all do know that, right? You can go to church. You, still, you can still not be saved. But you ask that brother, what is, the, what is the most rememberable time that you've had with the Holy Ghost? Oh. Yeah. Uh, can I, um, uh, you going to eat that? <laughs> you know, go on up in there, ask him. You see how, how close he is to the Lord. Because I can tell you, my most rememberable time with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I'm in there with God. See, I'm pursuing God. And in my pursuit of him, he teaches me how to pursue her. And every woman wants to be pursued. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. I don't know if I'm in the right church, Tim. Yeah, you are. You are. Every woman wants to be pursued. Yes, sir. 
And if you don't, you lying to yourself. You want to be captured. And men are pursuers. But we got to pursue like God says to pursue. We love to hunt. Come on, fellas. Don't, get, don't punk out on me now. Fellas, we like to hunt. That's why back in the day, we would be in the club hunting. On the back wall, looking. Seeing what we're going to roll up on. We just look at, nah, mm-mm, ain't my type. Nope. Nope, she's not drunk enough. Uh. <laughs> Ain't that right, Randy? See, Randy in the house with me. Praise the Lord. And so, so we, we, we on the prowl. We on the hunt, right? Come on. That's what a lion does. He's hunting. He's looking. He, he's looking. He's looking. He's looking. He's, he's ready to pounce on somebody, right? But that same passion, that same pursuit should be in the men of God, that especially when you get married, now I pursue her with everything that's in me. Right, I find new, a new woman and an old woman, but you just got to know how to search. See, see, they ain't ready, Tim. They ain't ready. They ain't ready. Talk about the grass is green on the other side. If you water your own grass, it'll be just as green. Mm-hmm. See, that went right over. Okay, throw down. Throw down. Y'all ain't ready for this. Y'all ready to throw down? <laughs> we must tear down every high place of idolatry. Right? Pride, arrogance, conceit, pleasure. Sex, your, your career can be idolatry. You put so much emphasis on your career. But self-aggrandizing is the biggest thing. See, we have these self-aggrandizing prophets. And it's all about who you are. And I, I, I used to be in this ministry, and I did that in that ministry, and blah, 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 blah. There ain't nothing but idolatry. Right? And that stuff needs to be torn down. Because it's not about, it's not about that title. The title, that title is what you do, but it's not who you are, right? I, I'm more concerned about who you are rather than what you do or what you did. I want to know, can you come up in here and be humble? Can you come up in here and I don't use you and you all right? Uh-huh. There you go. Quiet. Oh, you see how quiet it got up in here? It went right back to the Catholicism. Y'all hear that? It went right back to the Catholic Church. I ain't lying. Y'all quiet now. You can talk to me. You can talk to me. Would you still be okay? Yeah, Would you yeah. still be okay? Maybe I'll see something. Maybe I'm trying to put an axe to something. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord anyhow. And so all of that has to happen before the last two words in Jeremiah chapter 10, chapter 1, verse 10, to build and to plant. Notice we had to go through all of that before we can get to the building and the planting. You cannot build and plant properly unless you throw down on some stuff. You got to tear down some stuff. You got to root out some stuff, guys. We, we can't just go into something new acting like the old. We, we, we got to go into the new place better. We got to have some of this stuff that we used to fight with. We ain't fighting with it anymore because we've defeated it. There's some stuff you got to put under the feet of Jesus Christ. Some stuff we should be done with by now. Amen. As you mature, Amen. then you should be able to handle more of God's glory. Amen. Right? Let me, let me give you a scripture here, this last one, and then we're going to pray and we're done. I hope you've been blessed by this. I'm going to read the book of uh, Israel 5 and 2. I'm going to just read it. You can write it in your notes. Israel, Israel 5 and 2. It says, and then, they rose, uh, there, then there rose up Zerubbabel. Somebody say Zerubbabel. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a cool name. Zerubbabel, son of Shentiel. And uh, Jeshua, not Joshua, but Jeshua, 
the son of Jehozadak, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. The prophets are supposed to be helping with the building. The prophets are to help with the building. And then in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, it says, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. So now God is referring back to Zerubbabel because Zerubbabel came on the scene after the temple had been destroyed. Jerusalem had been destroyed. They were in captivity. So God rose up Jerusalem so he can come in to inspire the people, like I'm trying to inspire you now, to tell the people that, yay, you can do better. You can go greater. You can go higher. You can go farther and faster in God. You can do this thing. No matter what has hit you in your life, no matter how many calamities have come upon you, you can get past this thing. And how will you do that? In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 says, And this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So Zerubbabel came in and says, The spirit of the Lord is going to raise you up to a whole new level. You don't have to depend on your education. You don't have to depend on where you came from, your mama, your daddy. God said, I'm going to raise you up. And so when we get the spirit of the Lord going up in this place, when the fire of God is going inside of everybody, not just the leaders, but everybody in the church, from the pulpit to the pews, then, man, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by the spirit of the Lord. So when we do go to the next place, we can say, this is all God. I take no pleasure for this myself. God did this thing. I tell you, I'm excited. Hallelujah. Because I don't want to build something for me. I don't have to build a building. I want to build this for God. If it's up to Gerald Lawton, we'll stay here till Jesus comes. If it was up to me. But it ain't up to me. God says, no, I got, I got, some, I got something you need to build. So we want to build this for God. This ain't for you. You are instrumental in the building of it. But it's not for you. It's for those we don't know yet. It's for those who are unsaved. It's for those who are on drugs right now. Those who are on crack right now and heroin right now. Those who have been involved in sex trafficking. Those who have been abused. Children who have been abused. Those that are broken right now. That's what we're building for. We're not building for us. We're building for those that need to come to a place where the broken can be healed. Come to a place where they can be loved. Come to a place where they can be edified. Come to a place where they're going to know the truth from a lie. They're going to know what's righteous and unrighteous. They're going to know the difference between dark and light. Not somebody that's going to come up in here and just try to mar the word of God and gray it down. I'm not graying nothing down. I'm going to teach you the full word of God, the unadulterated word of God, the infused word of God with power and anointing because that's the only thing that will change your life. It's the truth of God's word. Come on. God has set us right now. I'm done. I just wanted to say that little bit Bible study right there. Because I believe that that's why a lot of places, people are getting, getting uncomfortable with those cotton candy messages. Because they're not doing anything for them anymore. It's like so some of you are here now, and I, and I believe you can testify to this. Some of you are here now because you wanted more. Yeah, you wanted more. And guess what? I do too. Just because I'm the pastor doesn't mean I want, I want a whole lot more than what I'm getting right now from God. I don't, I don't know enough of the word. I, I feel like there's more to Papa that he wants to give to me. 
I, I'm not stopping right now just because I'm a pastor. No, no, no. I'm going on and on. Amen. And this train is going to keep on moving. Yep. Amen, somebody. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.